Our scripture reading today comes from the book of Acts, chapter 4, verses 32 through 35. Hear now the word of God. Now the whole group of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one claimed private ownership of any possessions, but everything they owned was held in common. And with great power, the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as owned lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold, and they laid it all at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. There was this faith healer, and you've probably seen guys like him on TV. Uh, His go-to phrase was, with God, anything is possible. And people would come from all over the world, and they were sick, or they were stuttering, or they were depressed, and he would lay hands on them, and he would pray over them, in Jesus' name. And the Holy Spirit would come rushing on them so fast and so strong, and they'd fall over. And he'd always have a couple helpers following along behind him, not for extra praying power, he had that covered, but to catch these people as they fell down. And obviously there were skeptics and there were believers, but a local reporter asked to interview him, and he agreed, and they talked about miracles and the power of God to mend bones and to lift spirits and to heal relationships. And he told this reporter, people today just can't believe that God is real. He is working in the world with God. Anything is possible. I've seen it. I have experienced it in my own life. And they talked about his favorite Bible stories. And you're not surprised, but they were all healings. When Peter looks at a crippled beggar and says, I don't have any gold, but what I have I give to you. In Jesus' name, stand up and walk. In the passage where Jesus smears mud on a blind man's eyes and the man can see shapes, and by the power of God, this man who had never seen in his life suddenly has 20-20 vision. And he said, you see... With God, anything is possible, but our world today just doesn't believe that. A few weeks later, this healer was preaching through the book of Acts, and he read over this story, and he yelled out, With great power, the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection of Lord Jesus. But when he started talking about this money stuff, he said, We read that there was not a needy person among them, but we know that just meant spiritually needy. After all, Jesus himself said that the poor will always be with us, so we know he doesn't mean we have to give up something. It's not the church's job to take people's money. It's our job to save people's souls. It's not the church's job to take people's money. It's our job to save people's souls. And I'm in agreement with this guy. I'm not coming for your checkbook later in the service. It's not our job to take people's money. But here's what's funny about him. He had no trouble believing in miracles. He had no trouble preaching that the Spirit of God would take a bone and put it back together before your eyes. That the Spirit could reverse memory loss or zap anxiety. With God, anything was possible. He would preach that. But the idea that God's people willingly shared their stuff, that they would choose to take care of each other, it was too much for him. Sure, he believes in miracles. Sure, the Spirit is moving. Sure, Jesus spit on a guy's eye and rubbed mud on it and the guy could see. 
but people choosing to give their stuff away? Don't be ridiculous. So whenever he asked for money in church, he would ask because God would bless them. Or he would say, well, you just have to do it. It's terrible, but you just have to. The church needs the money. And he just couldn't figure out this story, having everything in common. His ministry was very successful and it kept growing. But one day he stood up in church and he said, thank you for all these wonderful years, but now it's time for me to go. And he vanished. He left behind the fame, the paychecks, everything. And he moved in with his sister. They'd been out of touch for years, and during that time she'd gotten very sick, and her life had fallen to pieces. She'd landed somewhere out in Oklahoma and was living in a broken-down house without heat or air conditioning. She couldn't pay the bills. She'd lost her job because her body just couldn't get out of bed anymore. She only had a few months left, the doctor said. And a neighbor of hers reached out to this faith healer. And when he heard about her condition, he flew down that day. And he spoke to the doctors, and they said, she's too sick to move to you. So he put his house up for sale. Everything he had, he either put into storage or sold. And he hired movers, and he moved down, and he bought a house, and he moved his sister in with him there, right there in rural Oklahoma. He'd always thought this story from Acts was strange because it's not the church's job to take people's money. And he's right. But it wasn't until after his sister's funeral that he noticed something. In this story, there is no commandment to the apostles, to the church, or to anybody to have everything in common. In this story, no one is told to give up anything. Only once in the entire Bible does Jesus look at someone and tell them, sell everything and follow me. Only once, and it's not here. They aren't told to sell everything. They aren't told to sell everything. They don't do this out of obligation. They do it because they're family. This passage looks strange from the outside. It looks like pie-in-the-sky crazy talk, people sharing and having things in common. But when you turn it sideways just a little bit, there is nothing more natural. Parents open their homes to little creatures that are often destructive, demanding, demeaning, almost always expensive. These little people will take the parents' time, their energy, they will rarely say thanks. And they will never pay them back. But a parent will host this destructive little creature maybe for 18 or, or 20 or 25 years. There will be pain, but there will be joy because these little creatures are their children, so they share everything they have. There's nothing more natural than that. I myself live with someone. Sometimes I, I cook for her. And believe it or not, she doesn't even pay me. We have all our food in common. It sits in the same fridge. Not because someone told us to. Not because we're some kind of hippie socialist commune. Because love compels us to share our lives because we're family. So we take care of each other. 
If you yourself love someone, you might even let them borrow your car from time to time. Some of you must love us because you have let us borrow your cars from time to time. We, as a church, share things in common. Not because God said we have to, because we're family. And this passage from Acts, it only looks alien until we realize how constantly we do this already. It's called being a family. So in this story, Jesus is gone. But the Spirit of God is present in the church, and the Spirit does. It heals bodies, and it heals minds. It frees us from addiction and sin. It does these miracles. But there is one miracle that as Christians we believe the Spirit does in all of our lives, in everyone's life. When you're baptized, the Spirit of God is poured out upon you. You are washed clean by the blood of Jesus, and you are adopted into the family of God. We are a family. So Jesus is gone, but the Spirit of God is just getting started. And as new believers join the church, they don't just get their name on a list. They aren't just added to the membership role in alphabetical order. Their name is added to the family tree. They become Uncle Steve. They become Cousin Sue. They become family, and it's not just a metaphor, because being a family is being connected by blood, and that's what it is. That is a literal family. This is a literal family. It's not a metaphor. We are united by the blood of Jesus Christ. So this verse, it isn't pie in the sky. It's simple, like grandma's apple pie. It's all about family. When this group of people in Acts, when they started following Jesus, it was illegal. A lot of them, when they started following Jesus, their family literally kicked them out. You were a part of our family. Now you're not. Now you have no family. But the Spirit of God performed a miracle. And when they lost their biological family, the Spirit of God gave them a new one, a spiritual family. And like any family, they took care of each other. Which is why Acts says, Now when the whole group of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one claimed ownership of any possessions, but everything they had, they shared. When the Spirit of God comes on us, it sets us free. And that's not just a freedom from things, it's a freedom for things. We're free from the addiction of sin, we're free from guilt and shame, we're free from illusions, but we are free for using our fleeting years for something that can make a difference to those around us. We're free for using our resources to help each other. We're free for telling anyone who will listen that Jesus is Lord of all. So we hold things in common, not out of obligation, but because we are free. We're free to love our God-given family as a family. The miracle that the early Christians experience isn't where God opens the heaven and fills their wallets to the point that they're overflowing. It's a miracle of community and of generosity. And those are two things 
that in the world today really are miracles. Community and generosity. And here, week after week, month after month, and year after year, here, those are not unusual. We don't call that a thing we're forced to do. We just call that being family. It isn't pie in the sky. It's as simple as apple pie. When we are gathered together as those who believe in Jesus Christ, when we are united by his blood, we share. We share. Because this is our church family. Thanks be to God. Amen.